This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Deanna, as we start talking this this afternoon, um, we have been looking at the meta-narrative, uh, which is the larger story of uh, the world's existence. We would say it is the... Um, from a Christian point of view, the story from creation to new creation. So creation, fall, cross, Christ, and, and ultimately new creation. Um, and in thinking about that meta narrative story, story, we realize that we're in a, a, a place and a time in America with um, people living under the guise that morality is fluid and morality can come from their own sense of what they believe is right and wrong or what fits them and their life really from a standpoint that they probably believe that the way i feel about life right now is the way i'll always feel about life therefore these are the conclusions i draw about what is good for me and good for others And even if it's different than the culture thinks is good or a religion thinks is good, it's working for me. It doesn't hurt anybody else. Therefore, it's the way I can live. And I'll always want to live this way. And as you and I know, we've had different thoughts about life as we've aged and as things change. You grow and you understand things differently. So they may come to different conclusions at another day. And then where does that leave morality or right or wrong? It's in this absolute path of fluidity. And yet there's a meta narrative. There's a larger story. there's There's a clear right and wrong from a Christian perspective. But can that be stamped on people? That's the conversation we're having. And so morality to live by. What's the morality of the day? How do people get there? What are people's preferences? And is is it are we are we able to come to some kind of conclusion and say this is where people are this is the way we ought to live? Um, that's a challenge in our culture right now. Yeah, even in even in our state, I would say that that's a challenge because we were in Tishomingo the other day, and I'm, we're walking down the street to get an ice cream, and all of a sudden, right there are the Ten Commandments, hmm. and I I. I said, what is going on here? It just seemed so out of place, you know? But it was making a statement, I think, for the majority of their city, their community, is to say there's this standard of right and wrong that exists outside of us, and we're going to live by this. And, and, you know, then you go into Oklahoma City, and we're trying to get the Ten Commandments taken out of the courthouses. So, I mean, even... Where we're at within our own state, I think that there's this tension back and forth of, and you know, what is, what is this morality, this right and wrong that we live by, and and can I make it exist just for me? And I think the danger, personally, uh, by saying, well, I can live by this right and wrong standard, and it's not going to hurt anybody else, but. There's, there's no way that can actually be true. It always affects someone. Right. 
And who's to say that I'm not to get into office someday or to lead a city someday? And then what do I do with my morality? Can I, can I lead a people with it now? Right. And what, what if my morality says that I have a preference not to like certain groups of people? I mean, if I'm making my own set of rules, it can go anywhere. Yeah. And I think that's the danger that we have in saying, hey, well, we can, we can live by this morality and no one else, can be effect- no one else is going to be affected by it. So it can be right. true for me. It doesn't have to be true for you. But when we're saying things like that, we're making claims, right? Yeah. yeah. We're saying, this is true for me, but not for you. Well, is that an absolutely true claim? I mean, right. so we're, we're being illogical even in the way that we think. Yeah. The question I think to we end up at is if it's not our preference, if it, is there a morality to live by? Well, if there is a morality, which we know that there is, there must be some kind of moral lawgiver. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes back to your illustration on the Ten Commandments. So, in in this particular town you're referencing, obviously there's people there that believe uh, there is a set of morals. It's uh, at least expressed within these ten statements uh, that come from the Bible, and that therefore God would be in that position of the moral lawgiver, as you're referencing. But what what does that say to a person that moves there, lives there, and they go, I don't believe in the Bible, and I don't believe in God, and so I don't have to live by that standard. Um, that's the pressure of that argument, because while it may represent a majority of people, therefore it's there, mm-hmm. there's probably someone there or someone will come there that someday will say, I want to get those removed because it's offensive to me that you expect me to live by your set of standards. Yeah, and I, I think that that's a, I think that's a good discussion to have because that's really where you can peel back the truths of that argument and just ask the questions. Okay, well, what standard do you want to live by? Yeah. Your own? Hitler's? Stalin? Mother Teresa? I mean, who are you going to choose to live by? Yeah. Well, even if you choose a person in general, what you're saying is they have preferences. And what happens when you come to a point where you don't agree with those, those preferences? Well, if we're going to say that there's a moral law that exists... If we're going to say there is a right and wrong, and we know that in society there is something innate in humanity that says, I know something's wrong. One of the easiest ways we know that we have this innately is we can just go to some kind of sports event that we like or go to something that we're, we think that there's a wrong that's been done, and what do we do? And we're the first to say, Yeah, complain. Yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not right. And it's the same thing you're saying with Tishomingo, the Ten Commandment laws that are there. If someone moves in and says, hey, this isn't right, where is that moral standard coming from? Yeah. What? Okay, well then we need to figure out who that lawgiver is. And, you know, you and I would both proclaim that... God is a lawgiver from the Bible, and He's given us the Ten Commandments to live by. But the reality is, they're good for us. Right. I mean, to for to honor marriage, to 
not steal from someone, I don't know about you, but I don't want someone stealing from me. Right. I really don't want someone dishonoring my parents. So why would I dishonor my parents? Right. You know what I'm saying? So in, right. in saying that, there can be tension with someone saying, I don't agree with the moral law. Yeah. But that's not a disagreement with the preference of the community. That's a disagreement with the moral lawgiver. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what it boils down to. And, and like you say, asking questions. If, if you're disagreeing with this standard, you're drawing some standard somewhere. You think something's right because this is wrong. So what's right according to you and where does that come from? And asking those questions to unpack. It's interesting because if you were to take the, the Ten Commandments and, and the illustration where they're using and, and not reference them as coming from Scripture, but to say our community holds these ten things in high value, and and you were to say we're we're gonna put we're gonna put people's property above your your preference to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't steal things from people. Most logical human beings across the entire planet go, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, that, you <laughs> ought to be able to own your own things and not have somebody take them from you if it's yours, right? And so you could take each of those statements like that and. And most people would go, I think those are good rules to live by. But once you attach it to the Bible, it attaches it to this authority of God as a, as a lawgiver. That's the way we're referencing it. And that's where, the, that's where the problem comes in. People don't want to be under someone else's authority. It yeah. boils down to, I'm the authority. It's a, it's a, I'm God, not your God argument at that point yeah and i think that that's really where we end up is that we say we're going to be the god of our own life we're going to be the god of our own authority we're going to be the god of our but what's interesting to me is that when we say that in the same breath we begin to say things aren't fair in other areas yeah so we're illogical and we just want our own way and if we're not getting our own way then we want to produce an argument for it and we were created and and we talked about this in previous podcasts but we were created for with boundaries yeah. for our good and as as we would always say you know fences for kids in elementary a lot of times those are for protection, right? Right. And the boundaries that God has given us are for protection. But the problem is is that we don't see it as protection. We yeah. see it as it's taking a right from us when in reality it's giving us liberty. Yeah. Yeah, and and it makes sense in other areas and yet we it seems like as a society, kind of as a as a cultural whole, we don't want to transfer that into the areas of morality. There should be no boundaries when it comes to my own concept of morality, but there should be boundaries in some places. And even in saying I shouldn't have boundaries on my morality automatically says there must be boundaries on yours because yeah. you, can't in, you can't infringe on me. Therefore, you have to have something that stops you, but I should have nothing that stops me. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this just goes in so many areas. From the time we get up in the morning, we're making decisions about right and wrong. You know, should I be on time for work? I mean, there's an authority there that we're willing to follow. Why do we follow yeah. those roles? 
you know, and yet we have such an issue with the lawgiver giving us boundaries. Well, we don't seem to have those same tensions when it's our boss at work, and the boss at work has been given an authority by God as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. But all the way down the line, even I remember one time when my kids were getting in trouble for something and and you know just regular kid things and uh, I was disciplining and one of my children asked me they said well do you ever get in trouble (laughs) (laughs) and so I think on judgment day I'm going to uh, have to I'm gonna have to give a response for that because yes I am constantly uh, being disciplined as well there's a right and a wrong for mom and dad as well was my whole point yeah and God's given me standards to live by as a parent. And you know what? I need to live by those so that my kids can nourish and build and grow and be cultivated and disciplined and all of those things so that it'll go well with them later on in life. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of having a lawgiver. It's outside of us. And so it's not a preference. But it's someone who has our best interest in mind. He created the world. He created us. He created the, the earth for our good good work, for us mm-hmm. to be able to work and, and find pleasures in it, but not pleasures outside of his boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, because those things that fall outside the boundaries end up actually being harmful to the rest of the society or community that exists there. Mm-hmm. Um, as as we're talking about our kids and and just having to provide them boundaries and uh, how good and right that is, I think that's I think that's what we see in in our society and culture with so much it seems like upheaval and misunderstanding and disagreement over everything and and, and it seems like there's there's just no handles on what is good or what is right and I think it's because we've gone through a couple of generations where at, at the parental level there weren't standards that parents had to live by. Like they were trying to create rules for kids to live by because that makes life easy as a family unit. Mm -hmm. But I don't have rules for myself to live by. I can lie to my boss so that we can get a couple extra days of vacation or uh, I can get a sick day, quote unquote, at home by just saying, I don't feel well today, but I'm going to do what I want. And then, kid, I need a sick day from school because I... No, you, you're going to school, you know, because you're not going to bring up my sick day. <laughs> like, this is my day. Um, and so I think kids have watched this lack of moral integrity. And so now what do you come to? There, there's no boundary for them whatsoever, and there's no understanding that there should be a rule. So what do we do in a society to bring truth and morality to them? We... How do we present the truth of the lawgiver in this kind of culture? Yeah, boy, that that is so good, too, because it makes me think back to, if you look, when we removed the Bible from school in the 1960s, you know, and I'm not saying you force Christianity on everyone because I'm not... I'm not advocating a theocracy. Right. I mean, not that I wouldn't love for us to have everybody know Jesus. But right. anyways, you get my point. And, and in saying that, there was a standard in school. So they had standard Bible reading. And people would, even if they didn't believe by faith, they understood the morality of the Bible. And mm-hmm. so since we removed that, now we see those two generations later. Mm-hmm. And... I, 
And I think that this is a direct consequence of moving away from that standard of morality. So to be able to bring it back, one of the prayers that I have had is that me personally in the church would be a solution for the next generation, whether that means advancing the gospel, teaching church. Jesus said in Matthew 28, he, he said, teach them to observe and obey all that I've commanded. He says that in the Great Commission, right? Yeah. Go baptizing and doing all these things. Yeah. Um, but he also says that statement. Yeah. And that's where I think as a church, we have this unique opportunity to say, where can it be my part? where I bring this standard of morality of right and wrong. So does that mean, does it look like it's in the Sunday school department, in the pre-K or third grade or fifth grade or high school or college area? Maybe it's in the adult area. I know that for me personally, I have a heart for young marrieds, for mm -hmm. uh, married people who are raising families to right. just continue to teach them. Because if, if you can be in the home from you know, uh, babyhood, and I know it goes all the way through, but especially to sixth grade. Mm -hmm. I encourage people all the time, read the Proverbs to them. Mm -hmm. Read the Bible to them on a regular basis, every night if you can, every other night if you can, and not to put tyranny on you, but to get them... Uh, to give them the opportunity to see that there is a standard of right and wrong through the yeah. stories of Abraham. Ethically, was it right that he obeyed God? Yeah. Those ethical things. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I mean, just the Bible as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a great practical tip that uh, we, we aren't facing something new. I was thinking about Jeremiah earlier and his call to um, God's call on his life to prophesy to people and, and basically it was you're going to preach my word my prophecy to them and they're not going to listen and sometimes it feels that's where we are in, in the broad culture that as a church we're this voice crying in the wilderness but all the ears are deaf and all the eyes are blind and so who's hearing this and who's listening and we're not making any headway but I think if we step back and go, you know what? It's just our turn to be faithful. It's not. This isn't a new problem. It's not the first time a society was closed to the truth or the gospel or to God. Um, and there, there's been people called to preach and proclaim. It's our turn to be faithful, and and we do have a sphere. It may be our family. It may be the people in our church. It may be our Sunday school class. It may be a co-worker. It, 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 it may be people that I sit next to every time we're at the soccer field to watch our kids play. There's, there's somebody there that I'm getting to influence and talk to. Um, it's what am I going to say and how am I going to say it? Um, that's the question to, to ask, but we have the opportunity. It's just our turn to be faithful. That is such a great word to end on. And I, and I want to tell the story before we end today because you just said that. And it was about a year ago, a gentleman came up to me and he was telling me about how God had been growing him and how, you know, he had begun to read the Bible and all these kinds of things. And as he's talking, I... I was mentioning this event that takes place every Christmas. And I said, well, I don't know, you know, if we should do it again this year because, 
you know, maybe we've just done it so many times that nobody's really listening. It doesn't seem like anybody's engaged. And the gentleman says to me, he says, are you kidding? Hmm. That's the best part. He said, you have no idea how many people are, are, are actually listening. And even when they think they're not listening, he said, I'm telling you, somebody's listening. And he said, so when you feel like you're doing something and you get a bunch of blank stares, then you just keep being faithful. Keep telling the story of Christ. Keep relating those truths to people because you don't know what they're doing when they leave. And I thought that is a great word. That's a good word. And you're right. That's a great way to end. I look forward to our conversation next week.